Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Love Yourself Fiercely. Today's guest is just the sweetest. I'm so excited and so grateful to have Mernaz Demiri here with us today. Her story is actually pretty freaking fantastic. She grew up in a culture where women were below men and felt as though she was never seen or heard. Then she made a big scary leap to immigrate to Canada where she has been raising her two daughters, where she found herself, really started to understand who she is, what she desired on this earth, and she wanted the same for her for her two girls. Then, as she dove deeper into her own self-love and mindset discovery, she fell in love with the industry and is now a mindset coach for young people. And her passion is really just to see them grow and transform into the most authentic versions of themselves that love who they are and what they do. Mernaz, thank you so much for being here. My absolute pleasure. And thank you for having me here, Kelly. You are just magnificent. So I, it's my favorite when my guests share their story and their evolution from their own perspective. So I'm really just going to ask you to do that. I'm going to hand it over to you and say, take us on the journey with you. When did you realize that self-love needed to be more prevalent in your life? And how did you really get to where you are today? Thank you so much. And thank you for the beautiful intro. And hello, everybody. I'm so pleased to be here. With all of you and a lovely host, Kelly. So my story began, as you said it, it's like I grew up in a very close culture where it was very male dominated. And um, so I did not even respect me. I did not even have a moment of really paying attention to me. I felt like a victim most of the time, even though I grew up in a culture where I was still loved, my family loved me. It wasn't that they didn't love me, but I never had the freedom to speak my mind or be who I wanted to be. And then, so I grew up in that culture and then I briefly moved to India where it was a different culture as well. Again, even though it was more liberal for me, still I felt very restrained and in the box and it very, very male dominated. And a few years later, I immigrated to Canada because I wanted a better life for my daughter. And moving here again, I realized working in the corporate world, it's so dominated by male. It's so much masculine energy and men are all at the top level. Me being, uh, and I'm a little short and tiny and brown and I want to rise up in this culture. So it was like, oh my gosh, it's such a challenge. And I was feeling so frustrated, so upset. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to rise above all this? And that's when I actually got into the world of personal development and life coaching. And I absolutely fell in love with learning about the universal laws, learning about how a mindset works, how keeping a positive attitude, not only positive attitude, but really understanding who I am will help me elevate my life. At the same time, I started studying about me and learning more about who I am and what, you know, makes Marinas who she is. And um, I decided, you know what, this is the best thing that I have ever got into. And I want to pass this on to my girls. And I want them to really understand their true self-worth. Because I never felt worthy of me. I never... Uh, took a moment to look at me in the mirror and look at the reflection I was seeing and appreciate me. 
But once I got into the personal development field and uh, learning about me and honoring myself today, I can tell you probably I can look in the mirror and just high five me or just love me and compliment me for who I am, for how I look, for how far I've come. And that is my desire. That is where I'm passionate about to teach most of the young people to see their true potential, especially women to really understand how amazing each one is. Because we all are amazing. We are absolutely magnificent beings. We're totally magical. We are. That's my favorite word. I've been using it so much. And I'm like, only certain people, it lands the right way. We are truly mag- magical. And I think I love so much that your your desire is to work with young people. So many of us had to spend years and years and years deconditioning what was put upon us, essentially, in our homes, in our upbringings, in our experiences, and in society, We had to unlearn all of that and reclaim who we've always been. We just didn't know who we were. And being able to do that for young people as they really start to figure out who they are as young adults, as as they finish school, enter the world, to be able to harness that inner power in them, ignite that inner flame in them before shit hits the fan of the real world, you know? What a gift, what a gift to the next generation to not have to wait until their 30s, 40s, 50s to realize that something has been missing and the thing that's been missing all along was us. Yes, so true. So I would love to hear, I'm assuming it started with a desire to help your girls, but what really made you choose that demographic? I love this question. Such a great question. And as you were talking, I got the chills. I honestly felt like the chills all over my body because I am so committed to this cause, to this direction I'm going. And it all came through when I was in the corporate world and I was frustrated with where I was feeling like a victim, having no power. I gained my power. I started mentoring individuals like myself, women like myself, moms, you know, executive women, even men, I started mentoring them. And what stood out is like, oh my gosh, we have so many experiences. Like you said, we have so much of those build up paradigms and belief systems, as I like to call them the BS in our mind. <laughs> yeah. And it's the belief system that builds up, it compounds over and over. And now we have to sit and really unfold each one, replace them with a new one. A but. At the same time, when I was exposing my daughters, when I was listening to the personal development podcast or, you know, audios of Bob Proctor and people in my car consistent, they were like, oh, mom, again, you're listening to this. Can we listen to something else? At the same time, I noticed I was planting the seeds. They were shifting. When my teenage daughter started talking different language, using the language with her friends and my Older daughter started teaching her friends and mentoring them. I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff works. They started using the language with my parents, with my family. My daughter graduated from university and because she was into this information, she said, mom, I want to live my life. I just want to experience something different before I get into the work industry. I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Yes. 
And you know what? My family was like, you're absolutely nuts. Your daughter just graduated from you know, architecture <laughs> school and design school and you're just not letting her work. How could you allow her to have that gap? And I'm like, it's okay because she wants to live her life. And when I noticed that, and then we started working together, she started doing my program. Her friend came and did my program. And now the two of them are super successful. We live in Toronto, Kelly. The cost of housing, like properties is ridiculously high. Yeah. And I remember very vividly, I was sitting with my daughter and her friend, and I just got into the personal development world, started my own business. And I was like, okay, you know, girls, I want to work with you. And I was pitching a sale like they've taught me, right? I'm selling to them in the car as we're driving. And I asked them, what do you want? What's your dream? And her friend says, you know, my parents said, there's no way I can own a home in Toronto. And I said, what if? You and I work together and you actually own your house in Toronto, own a property in Toronto. And she says, oh, really? Then I'm all in. I said, yes, let's do this. And we started working together. My daughter said, okay, if she says, yes, I am also studying with you, mom. Let's do it. And they both paid being fresh graduates from university. They decided they're going to invest in themselves. Wow. Fast forward today. Both of them are super successful. This young girl who was 23 at this time, now she's 26, she actually owns investment property, investment property in Toronto. Wow. And she lives in a house where she is just paying rent to her, you know, to her boyfriend's parents or whatsoever. But, but see the, the power we have inside of us. And they both are earning well. They're only 26 and they're doing so well. As a result, their friends want what they have. Yeah. I most recently worked with a young man. He's an engineer. He had a good job, but he wanted more. He wanted, he's very good at gaming and, you know, creating games. And, and he started working in four months time. He had his own game. He got into a gaming company. He's earning almost 80K plus. His mm -hmm. goal is to earn 100K and more at 23. Yeah. And I think it's important for those who are listening to understand that the prosperity, the financial security is a byproduct. Yeah. It's not the motivation for most people to make this shift in who they are, to do the inner work, to find self-love. But when you can prioritize the the authenticity of who you are embracing that healing wounds that have occurred in your life deciding that you're worthy of all that you desire and more committing to self-love the byproduct of that commitment to yourself becomes time and financial freedom it becomes exceptional relationships it becomes a lifestyle at one time you could have only dreamed of. And for those who are, for our American listeners, um, I mean, there's no such thing as a property under a million dollars in Toronto. No such thing. Not a condo, not a townhouse. Uh, if you, uh, for some crazy miracle, have a detached home in Toronto, <laughs> you, your property is worth a lot of money. So to have people in their twenties, be able to invest in property or have property of their own in Toronto is pretty remarkable. Um, our real estate market is insane right now, but that's a sidebar. My point is 
a lot of the time when, when coaches talk about the coaching industry, it always ends up in a financial place. But so it's important for me on this show to bring it back to that being the byproduct. Absolutely. And you're so correct because you see what happened because of the inner self-love as well as the relationship, not just with themselves as a life coach. Like I love it when they see their own self-worth, their relationships with their family, their friends, their close, intimate partners improves. It's just about the quality of their life. Their health improves. Yeah. And then, of course, as you correctly said, the byproduct is they also become financially well off. Mm-hmm. Because as a society, we put so much pressure on the finances, on the money, on the results they have to produce that nobody talks about the inner work. It's the inner work that creates the outer results. Absolutely. And if we're going to talk about this from an energetic standpoint, first, I want to address what you said about society making everything about finances. I like to call bullshit on this all the time. This industry wouldn't be a multi-billion dollar industry every year if our financial success equaled our worth, equaled our love. That's what we've been taught works. And all of us get to a point where we're, we could have lots of money and we're miserable and our relationships suck and we have no fulfillment and we don't know who we are and we don't have hobbies that we love. We don't have freedom in any capacity, but we have money in the bank. Burn that to the ground because that's not living. That's not life. And so that I just want to touch on that. That's that paradigm. This paradigm we've lived in for so long is so ass backwards. It makes no sense. And then I lost the second part of my thought. I forget where I was going. (laughs) Um, But it's so well said because you see, like most coaches, if you look online as well, they're promoting themselves as, oh, I can make you financially free or you can multiply your income. It's not about the money. It's the experiences you can have because of having the money. But like you said, if you have the money in your bank account, there's so many people, they may have money, but they are miserable. They do not have good relationships. They do not live the life they want to live. What's the use of that money? Mm-hmm. No good. Yeah. What good is that when you work 60 to 80 hours a week just to afford two weeks vacation of the year where you can post a bunch of pictures on Instagram, turn off the camera, you're yelling at your kids, your partner and you are fighting. It's not even fun, but you did it. You worked hard for two weeks vacation. I remember what I was going to say, you, tri- you, you brought it back. It's the energetic frequency of abundance and the law of attraction and, you know, prosperity and joy and desire and feminine energy. When we start to do this inner work, when we start to really uncover and ignite, I always call it the igniting the inner flame because we've been taught to, you know, depress, uh, suppress it and, 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 and burn it out versus ignite it. But as women, when we ignite that inner flame and we really start to embrace and love and cherish and honor who we are at our core authentically, we raise the energetic frequency. We raise our standards. We calibrate to a different energetic frequency. And that is where we start to magnetize the right friendships, the right careers, the right relationships, the dream property, the the dream experiences of life. And it feels effortless. 
And this used to be such a, um, a trigger for me in the online space. When I first started this work, everyone's like, it gets to be easy. And I was like, it's not freaking easy for me. And then, (laughs) and then when you like get it, that it's not about what you do, it's about who you are when you do it in every aspect of life, but you have to understand who you are individually before you can show up in that way. And so when authenticity and, and alignment becomes the frequency in which you live your life, that you elevate your, your energetic standards, you elevate your energetic frequency. And before you knew, you know, it, you look at your life and go, wait a second, nothing's the same. And everything feels, feels better. Like, am I better? Is this better? This at one point I dreamed of this life and you realize that it gets to be easy really just means you've reached a level in your inner work. You reached a level in the way you conduct yourself privately and also in real life. You've magnetized all that you desire and it was effortless and it was easy because your greatest responsibility was to yourself. Very true. And I love the word easy. I use it a lot when I am talking with people that I'm coaching and mentoring because that was the biggest shift for me. We have been programmed and brought up to think struggle is the word. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if somebody gets things done easily, they're lazy or they don't get it, right? And I, I was brought up, it was hard work. I had to have struggle. Even to date, sometimes when I speak to my family and friends, listen, it can be easy. It can be in the flow. It can just come to you. They're like, yeah, right. It never happens that way, you know? And, but that is not true. It's the old paradigm. Again, it was a masculine, hard work, you know, like a boss woman, go, 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 do, do, do. Mm -hmm. It's all about the doing. And uh, then only you'll come you know, to, to that level where you feel good, but that's not true. It's a trusting and being. And I think that was the hardest thing for me to understand. Like, how can I do nothing and still be feeling good? Yeah. The being, the being was so huge for me. And when I understood that and being my genuine self, being my authentic self without the pressure of being judged, the, without the pressure of being compared, Mm-hmm. And I think that is another big thing that we all have. It's like the guilt, the shame, the blame, the judgments, the comparisons, like everywhere. Since, you know, we are kids, our parents say, oh, you're so like your dad. Oh, you're so like your mom. Oh, look at your sister. Look at your cousin. Mm-hmm. In class, they mark us, the, the authority, the teachers, the, the doctors, everybody is marking us or putting us on a level where there is a bar mm-hmm. when you understand there's no bar you are an unlimited being you are here on planet earth to experience your earth journey and love every moment of it every moment is an experience every moment is a learning and you can be your authentic self because you can You're meant to be. There's Mm -hmm. no such thing and I have to be perfect because there's so much. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I can't do this because I'm not yet perfect. And when I accepted myself to be perfect with all of my imperfections, doesn't matter what, I can be perfect with 
every imperfection that I have. Yeah. I can mess up in a live video. I can mess up. Like as a mom, sometimes I'm as human as every single person on this planet. Mm -hmm. And take that pressure off me. Then I could be a better version of me. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it on the head. You know, we're brought up from the time we're four to be graded on who we are as human beings. And if you didn't, if you missed the mark, then there was something not right. Or if you excelled, then you were put on a pedestal. And so it's like, we don't even recognize or understand the power of our own authenticity because we've been, it's been systematically roboted out of us. We, we've been conditioned to exchange our time for our worthiness, exchange our gifts for worthiness from the time we were four. We have no actual memory of who we were, were in our essence, in our authenticity. All we remember is you do well or you're not enough. You perform in order to have your name on a, on a um, medal or have your name on a wall in your school or you have to be the best because if you're not the best, then you're not perfect. And if you're not perfect, then you're not X, Y, Z. And, you know, we have an entire generation of, well, multiple generations, but our generation in particular is we have always strived for perfection because perfection meant we mattered. And yet at the same time, that expectation of perfection we don't put on anybody but ourselves. We wouldn't expect our children to be perfect. We don't expect our parents to be perfect. We don't expect our friends to be perfect. And yet, if we don't have the body, the image, the corporate career, the money, the status, the, you know, we're not that, that quote unquote mom. If we don't have it all together, then there's something wrong with us. And it's like, do you, when I say that, can you hear how ridiculous that sounds just in general? It's absurd to believe that we could measure up to that, A, authentically, and B, without burning out, and C, without never feeling like enough is enough. Like, so true. Personally, I have always embraced that I wasn't good at everything. I didn't want to be good at everything. I didn't. I was like, I would rather be happy and I would rather enjoy my life than be perfect. Am I going to strive to do my best in all areas of my life? Yes. But I'm not, I, the only measurement tool I have as to whether or not I am being my best is when I go inwards. And if I'm not showing up as my best, what's, what's, that mirroring for me? Is there work to do? Or am I just in a season where rest is priority? But could you imagine if every single one of us said, hmm, I think I need to rest because that becomes the best version of me. I think I'm going to say no to that request to, you know, be the soccer mom or be the coach for my kid's soccer team because I don't freaking want to. I'm not going to volunteer in my kids' class. And no, I'd like my, my toddler to go to daycare because I, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Or I love my job, so I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. 
yet we all, we make all of those decisions mean something about us, that we're not enough of something, that we're failing in some way. But if we all just honored what was true for us, and like you said, experienced our human experience from a place of joy and alignment, we would live in a very different world. Very true. And I love what you said that you just do your best. You just be the best version of you and go internal. And most of us, especially women, have learned to be people pleasers. Mm. We cannot say no. It's like that word on its own is a full sentence, but yeah. we have never used it. No. Nope. And for me, I was brought up to question myself all the time. What's wrong with me? If I fail in my marks, if I get a lower mark, what's wrong with me? If I don't do this, what's wrong with me? That was the question I would always ask. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And then I realized there's nothing wrong. Mm-mm. There's nothing wrong. This is life. Yeah, I was scared of disappointment. I was scared of failure. I didn't want to say something wrong. I did not want to take a step because I was brought up in a culture where they told me you have to be at your best performance in front of people, talk less, listen more, don't do this, don't eat that, behave yourself. We want when you go to our you know, relative's home, everybody is praising Marinas. She is so nice. We all love her. I was brought up in that culture. So can you imagine how much pressure we put on ourselves and others put on us? Yes. But that people-pleasing tendency, you just nailed it on the head. It was like, you need to be a good girl. So people praise you for being good. And people praise us for being good when when we meet their need. When we give ourselves to them. So we learn growing up that unless we're giving ourselves to other people, we are not good. And if we're not good, then what are we? we We're nobody. We don't matter. We're irrelevant. We're not enough. We're not worthy. We're not lovable. We're whatever. And the truth is, and I will be completely honest here. This has been, I have to be so conscious of the language that I use with my own daughter around this all the time. Because if you had asked me 11 years ago, when I, when I started this journey, if I was a people pleaser, I would have said, no, I would say, absolutely not. I'm a rebel at heart. I don't give a shit what people think, right? That's what I would have believed. And yet the deeper I go, the more I uncover, the more I really am always questioning my patterns of behavior, my responses to to stressors, my responses in my life. I can see it so clearly now that I absolutely was a people pleaser to the people closest to me, because I was always terrified that they would, they would leave me. Yes. And so rebellious by nature, but rebellious out of fear of abandonment. So when I let you love me, when I let you see me, I'll do anything for you. Not because I love you, but because I'm actually really afraid that you'll leave. And so this people pleasing is so ingrained in us, no matter how it surfaces, we've all got it. And so when we're raising little girls, 
We have to be so conscious of the language that we use so that it's not an exchange for their goodness, quote unquote, right? You, who you are is enough, who you are is more than loved in this world. And your imperfections are welcome here, but we, it's the language we use that we have to be so aware of because it's coming from our own conditioning. It's coming from our own fear of not being enough. We project that on our kids because we're afraid they're going to feel not enough when we're really just instilling fear and giving them our trauma. Like it's so messed up. (laughs) This, This whole like need to be perfect and need to people please and need to you know, give ourselves away is so deeply ingrained in us as women that it isn't until we consciously are aware, right? In the work that we do individually and then in our businesses that we start to break these patterns. Very true. It's so, you said it so well, it's about us becoming more and more aware Mm -hmm. of ourselves. And then, so we, I look at us, our generation as a bridge, as someone in between our ancestors, like our parents, our moms and grandmoms, as well as the pillar for our kids, our daughters and the next Mm -hmm. generation. Because what my mom did, because of her not being aware, she bumped me because her mom bumped her. Mm -hmm. And I was in a position where I bumped my daughters without being aware of my language, without being aware of my behavior. I was just exactly a replication of my mom's behavior and beliefs and my dad's and a combo. And I was just passing that on to my girls. And when I started looking at my beliefs and my paradigm and the way I'm programmed, I started rewiring and taking one at a time And Mm -hmm. it's not the easiest because people around you feel it and they don't like the discomfort, the change you are going through. Again, like you said, when we were younger, we were pleasing our loved ones, not to be abundant by them. At the same time, now they feel they are losing us. They Mm -hmm. feel we are abandoning them and they don't want to lose that. They want to keep that grip on us and hold us tight and say, no, you stay here. (laughs) I don't like the new Marinas. I don't like the new Kelly. No, what we did before was so perfect. You should should come back here, come back here because they are experiencing that change. I most recently went for a holiday with my sister and her family to Florida. Guess what? I've shifted so much in my thinking and in my vibration and in my frequency that when I was around her times, it would make her uncomfortable. And she would mm. go back to us, no, this is what I liked you did with me and taught me. So I want to keep this. No, don't mm-hmm. change it. Don't say you're doing this with your girls. It's not helping. And I was like, I get it. And all I was doing is sending her love thanking her for the level of awareness she has because everyone is doing their best with their level of awareness. Yep. And I've learned we just have to love them for who they are. And where where they they are. And on that journey. And, you know, we have to be understanding and accepting that there are going to be people who do not want to lift that veil. They are so afraid of having to do that work that they're not going to. 
it does they do not see the benefit of lifting the veil and seeing what is possible for them in the depths of who they are. And there are a lot of people on this earth that are like that. Hence why this paradigm has existed for so long. And those of us who are like, please remove the veil. We also have to do so with compassion and understanding that my journey may not be, may not be right for my best friend. Who's not yet ready to lift that veil. So I have to compassionately be understanding of where she is on her path and send her love and, and show her what's possible, not from a, I can do it better, but let me just live my life in a way that shows you what's available for you without and, and detach judgment, right? It's easy to be judgmental when you have yet to lift the veil and call us all insane. And then on the other side, once you've lifted the veil, it's very easy to judge the people who aren't ready being like, are you crazy? Do you know what it's like over here? This is a better place. Come with me. If you don't want to come with me, what are you doing? Right? There's judgment on both sides. And so if we can release the judgment and just love people where they are and simultaneously leave footprints of what's possible for when they are ready, everyone will feel supported where they are. Honestly, that's the best thing. Yes, because... When you walk and they see your footprints, they're like, ah, let me put my foot mm-hmm. where she just walked. Mm-hmm. And let me test the ground. Let me ground here and see if it's safe. Yep. One step and then the next step. And then the- so they're literally coming, following your footsteps, even scared. But the mm-hmm. best part is, when you let them know, I love you and I got your back no matter what, come walk with me. Yeah. I think that is so important because you said it right. We let go of the judgment. We are not judging them for where they are. They are not, we are not judging us for where we are. It's not that I'm on a pedestal. I'm up here mm-hmm. and you are down here. That is old way of thinking. It's like, no. As we are learning, it's together we come up, together we bring each other up. Women of equal power, women walking shoulder yeah. to shoulder, women loving each other, women helping each other, hold space for each other and grow together yeah. is what the new paradigm is. Yeah. I want you to succeed as much as you want me to succeed. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go and see what's yeah. possible for us. Yeah. And, and. You know, it's interesting how a lot of people don't trust that statement still. And yet I have been, as I'm sure you have been, as I'm sure many of us in in AFE have been, we've been living in that belief system for years, right? I have run my business from a place of, I want us to rise together for as long as I've been in business. It has never been about competition for me ever. Ever, 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 because I know what's possible when women are truly in their power. I know what's possible for me individually. I know what's possible for my community. I know what's possible for my family. I know what's possible in the ripple effect of me and one other woman walking shoulder to shoulder, succeeding together 
in my container or as a collaboration creates a ripple effect thousands wide. Yes, because we have a family too, right? That's exactly it. We have our families, our communities, our networks, our the ripple just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. And what I would love nothing more is that every woman I ever come into contact with is financially independent, has a life she loves, has a body she embraces and loves, has the, it feels safe enough and proud enough to be her greatest self. This is how we change the paradigm for our kids and their kids and their kids, and their kids. What the work that we're doing, the collective rise that's happening now is about us cutting the ties with the last few generations of that generational trauma and that generational conditioning and that generational suppression. It stops with us. We have the power and the ability to cut that cord and clear it for those walking this planet already and those who have not yet been born and those who are waiting to be chosen as our soul family but you know the beautiful part is not only we are and for me i haven't really cut the cord but rather i have re-established a new cord mm. that even my mom is at first she did not believe like she she wanted to believe, you know, but at the same time, it's hard because when she is in her 60s and she's sitting down with her friends at that age, they're only talking about aches and pains and <laughs> problems and yeah. aging. And I'm like, mom, is that what you really want? She's like, no, that's not what I want, but that is how I feel. I said, we mm -hmm. can change that feeling, mom. What would you like? What would you like your love life to be like? And as we start working together and she sees the changes in me, she sees the changes in my daughters and they are able to transfer that to grandma. What's happening? She is shifting. So God bless her. I love that at 70 now, she's turning 70. Knock on wood, she gets up at night and puts on the DVD or she goes and starts exercising in our wow. living room and wants to keep herself healthy and fit and feel mm -hmm. good. And when she's talking on the phone or conversing with a friend, she's like, oh, don't think like that. Don't think that you have issues and you're having aches and think of what you want, of healing, of health, of better you know, life for yourself yeah. and happiness. And that is the biggest gift Mm. we can give the previous generation and our next generation. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, if that is all that I do in my life is really let people know that that's possible, I'm going to die the happiest woman that ever walked this planet. <laughs> because I, you know, it's the amount of years that women have felt beneath right beneath the man or you know subpar or like she had to choose her power over being a mom or being a mom over building a dream life we've always believed it was one or the other and this work and this empowered 
lifestyle that we are modeling for those who desire it is it's not or it's and yes yes it's, you can have it both you can have it all you can have it all there's evidence available for you everywhere that you get to be a stay-at-home mom who makes millions of dollars. You get to be a corporate woman who loves what she does and know that her, her relationship with her kids at the end of the workday is extraordinary. You get to be and have and do anything you desire. It is no longer, uh, we are no longer available for or because we know what's possible with and. And that's so beautifully said, because again, yes, like she takes care of my dad. She's there for us. She's feeling better. She's healthier. She's in a better vibration. And and, and she feels good about herself mm-hmm. more and more as a result. Like you were talking about the ripple effect. She can have a ripple effect on others around mm-hmm. her. The same mm-hmm. way, like you said, when, we, when I'm older and I look back and I did I succeed in my life? When I see my family did so well, people around me did well, they prospered, they lived the best life because of coming into contact together with me and all of us. Mm-hmm. It's the best life because it's, and, and no money can buy that. It's priceless. No. It's absolutely priceless. Mm-hmm. And when we are able to express our love and our emotion, our compassion. I mean, we have been taught to suppress our emotions for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. But like you said, when we are learning in AFE and otherwise we are learning to have emotional intelligence to accept the duality, the sadness, the happiness, the excitement, you know, the downtimes, it's okay. That's who I am as a being, as a human being. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that is the biggest gift we can give our next generation. Because once again, I was, when I was on holidays, most recently with my little niece, she's only six and a half. She has such deep paradigms, a belief system that, you know, she has to suffer. She can be happy. And I was like, that's not true. Mm. She told me very clearly that when she's happier, she has too much happiness. Her little brother cannot be happy. Can you believe? A six years old is telling you that? And I'm like, that's not true. You can be happy. And because you have a lot of happiness, your little brother can be happier. It's more and more and more. It's overflow. Mm but we are not taught that. It's like, no, no. it's not enough. That's we're not also enough. taught that we're too much, right? Our emotions are too much. Yes. And so we get afraid of them on, on either spectrum. We're afraid that we're too happy, too excited, too loud. Yes. And then we're too sad, too yes. vulnerable, too angry. Which one is it? <laughs> Can't we just be who we are? You know, I, and I like, it's wild to me. I don't know. I feel like kids are the greatest. If we could just watch children operate from a place of essence, we could see so 
incredibly clearly that our range of emotions, if you can't allow extreme joy and extreme excitement and extreme happiness, or if you fear that and also fear extreme sadness, extreme frustration, you learn to suppress everything, right? There's this belief that we have that we can't be angry. We can't be resentful. We can't be disappointed. We can't be mad or or sad. Those are quote unquote bad emotions. But when you suppress those, you're also suppressing your ability to be happy, joyful, passionate, loving, excited. You also don't have access to those ones. You have superficial access that's been shown to you what's societally appropriate for how you express your emotions. You ever meet those people that are like so big energetically and you're like, you are a freaking magnet. (laughs) They're like a breath of fresh air because they're not afraid to self-express. They're not, and neither are children. They're not afraid to self-express. And I love that so much about them. They're a pure example of who we would be if we just self-express, trust ourselves, knew what was right for us and listened to that intuition and lived our life in a way that our only, our, our only guidance system was our own intuition. And, and you see, we, as you know how you said at four years old, we start being reprogrammed. Mm-hmm. Before that, we can be our true self. It's like my three-year-old nephew, he was here. And I for his birthday, I just bought him a Lego. And I gave this to him and he opened this gift. He took the Lego box and kissed it. It's like, oh my God, like three years old. He was so happy. He was expressing that emotion and he opened it and he started playing with it and he kissing the box. It's like the joy of receiving that gift Mm -hmm. was so next level that you just want to buy everything for that kid and like, (laughs) take more, take more. Whereas, As we grow older, we refuse to receive the gifts that are around Mm -hmm. us or given Mm -hmm. to us because we've been told, Kelly, if I give you this, that means you have to give me something Mm -hmm. in return. Mm -hmm. What if we receive freely everything, the abundance around us? is available but we are not open to the receiving because of the fear of what can i give back right away yeah it's like that trade the barter system that we bring like it's been again programmed in us what have we just received yeah yeah and we're able to reciprocate and just give freely that's right it's remove the expectation right? Remove the judgment around, remove. And this is why for me, it's all about authenticity. Like if we just detach ourselves from other people, other people's emotional responses, other people's reactions, other people's expectations, and solely operated from our own internal compass. And we trusted that other people would operate solely from their internal compass. This the whole dynamic would shift. The whole world would literally tilt a little bit to this like new level of, hey, 
we all get to just be we get to be and we get to love freely and give freely and receive freely and exist fully self-expressed what would happen the paradigm would get knocked off its keister and that is really scary for a lot of people and so you know i think for us just spreading using our voice to spread possibility potentiality really allowing people particularly women and to know that there's another way to live we don't have to fight anything. We just have to embrace who we are. And love it. Love it all. Mm-hmm. The anxiety, the sadness, the, you know, the anger. What? Just, just be aware of it. Be mm-hmm. aware of it. Love it all. Embrace it. Embody it. And then just turn it around. Yeah. And that is the beauty of us living and being alive. We think... We chose, we chose to come here and have these experiences and learn and just love who we are. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest things. Like I said, I love it when I see people understand their strengths, understand their weaknesses and work on really loving each and every one of them and embracing them and elevating those strengths Mm -hmm. that they have. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing wrong with that. Because I know, again, being in the corporate world, being growing up culturally where there's so much emphasis on your weakness and how you can improve that weakness. Mm -hmm. That you forget about your strengths. What am I good at? Yeah. What am I really here to do and be? And we forget most of that because again, there's so much pressure on performance. There's so much pressure on you becoming like you have to do your best to be so and so and no can I just focus on becoming a better version of me yeah absolutely and and just loving me for who I am and when I that that's where like I am so passionate with helping the younger generation especially because like even teenagers look around us, teenagers, their self-image, the way they see themselves, they look in the mirror and they only find flaws. Most mm-hmm. of them, I'm mm-hmm. not good enough. Again, it's not because they want to be that way. It's because their moms were raised like that. Most moms don't have the awareness you and I have. Mm-hmm. And when we can go together, hold hands, each one of us make an impact and help the girls, the moms, you know, the dads, whoever they are, that they come into contact with us and tell them like, hey, listen, you're just amazing. You're like, you said, magical the way you are. Mm-hmm. And you have so much potential. Every drop, every human being matters, every single one. And just making them understand that, I think that's the biggest gift. Yeah. We can give the humanity, we can give ourselves and everyone that we come into contact with. And that's what the more people rise up and do this, the better it gets. This world becomes such a better place to live in. Mm-hmm. Mm, what a beautiful, beautiful moment. With that being said, I would love for you to tell us how people can work with you and where you're favorite social platform is to hang out where can they connect with you i love uh, facebook and i 
hang out a lot there. I give tips and values. So, and it's under my name, Mernas Demiri. And uh, so I have various programs that I do with women. And so you can find me on my Facebook page, Mernas Demiri. I'm also on Instagram. And I feel being present and being my authentic self on different platforms as I'm learning and I'm growing and becoming a better version of me is the best thing. And mm -hmm. that's where my people find me, they come to me. And like you said, you become a magnet. And that's my desire to help every person that I work with become a magnet for all of their desires. Doesn't matter if you want a better love relationship, if you want to have better, you know, family relationship, if you want to have a better self-image of who you are, how you look. Overall, I believe in living your best life while alive. Mm. And, and it gives me so much joy, like when people, and that's it, when you can internally shift and live your best version and the best life you want to live, the money comes, the abundance and more abundance just flows into your life. And you're like, Absolutely. where was all this, all this time? Yeah, yeah. And it was always available for us, right? And And so it's really just you know, platforms like yours that show what's possible when people are ready to see what's possible. So Mirnaz, thank you so much for being here. I adore you. I could talk to you all day long. Um, I adore you. I love the work that you do. And I'm so grateful that you were here. I love you too. And I'm so, honestly, I'm so honored and grateful to be here as your guest. And I love seeing you changing this world, continue together helping so many and all our listeners we hope you got value and I want to end it with a story that I love and I heard is like a little girl it's very related to what we said she was four years old and she her parents had a newborn baby boy she got a brother and she kept telling her parents I want to spend time with my little brother can I just spend time with him and her parents said, no, they were afraid, you know, like, what if she's, she's a baby herself, she's going to hurt him, or, you know, what's going to happen. So they kept resisting of allowing her to spend time with her little brother alone, until she persisted, and they finally gave in. And when she, she went to the little brother's room, and they had the door open, so they could sneak in and see, she went and put her face and her ear next to his mouth and says, hey, I want to feel how it feels being a baby because I'm changing. They're trying to shift me. Mm. I want to feel how it feels to still be that baby in that purity. So, so sweet. And that is the beautiful thing. Our kids understand. They connect with us. They want to keep their purity and their authenticity. So let's work together to help these younger generation, all our kids, our family, and people that we come into contact with, keep their purity and honor that and love them for who they are. Amen. Thank you. On that note, to our listeners, if you love this episode and you got value out of it, as always, it would mean the world to me if you took a screenshot and shared it on Instagram. And I would love to thank you personally for listening to the show. I hope you love yourself fiercely and fully today and every day. We'll see you on the next episode.